their tasker of <laughs> of Rimdar Tales fame, and we're gonna do an interview explaining the rules of the game Warhammer 40k. Hi, Eric. Hello. Wow. Um. <laughs> so uh, we're here in the car, and we're gonna do this interview because I don't understand how to play. And I'm hoping Eric here can explain it in a short and clear fashion. So, Eric, what would you like to say? I'd like to say that that's probably not possible, but I can do my best. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, Warhammer 40,000 uh, is a game that's broken down into uh, several phases. So, assuming we've already got your army uh, set up, and, uh, you know, you've collected the, the models that you like and you've uh, assembled them into uh, a, a group based on power level or points value. Yeah, and what? So you get their power level and points value from the codex? Yes. And then you use the codex and look at numbers and then make your own list based on the numbers? Yes based on the requirements uh, of each of each book, there are limitations of, of uh, how much of each unit you can take. Um, and you assemble them based on formations that are uh, in the main rulebook for the game. Uh, the okay, so that should be your first step. Before you do anything, you should buy the rulebook for the game in oh, general. Yeah. Course. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't assume anything here. Explain like you're five. Yes, explain like I am five. There's a big rule book, and uh, it has all of the core rules in the game, and that is definitely what you should get first. Okay, so you go to the Warhammer store, you say, hello, I would like the main rule book. Core rule book for Warhammer 40,000. Core rule book. Eighth edition, if they're weird and have an old one, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> okay. And then you look in the book and you're like, hmm, I really like this weird guy and this weird guy and this weird guy. And then you look at the corresponding uh, numbers, points. Yep. And then you assemble your army. There, There's actually different ways to play. So there's something called open play, which is probably where a, a total beginner would start, where uh, you just literally both people that are playing just play with whatever models they have. You don't try to balance it. You don't try to count points. You just uh, go for it with two armies, and then you use the data sheets in the codexes for those for those models, and you uh, run them against each other, and you have fun with it. Okay, so you can either buy the rule book and figure out the models ahead of time, based on points, or you can just buy whatever models you want and then just kind of see what happens? Well, the big rule book doesn't have models, uh, doesn't have the rules for individual models. It has the core rule set for the game, like oh, the boy. phases and stuff. So uh, the codexes have the, the rules for the, for the individual data sheets for the models. Uh, and those data sheets include a power level and a points value. But if you're doing open play, you don't have to consider that. It's just two people playing with whatever models they have, and the rules for those models are in the codices. But the rules for the game are in the big rule book. 
Um, but those rules are also, uh, the, the very core simple rules are also available free online. Oh, okay. Well, then let's just do that. We don't need to buy the book okay, right we'll, now. We'll do that. Okay. So for the purposes of this conversation and me being cheap as I am, so we'll just use those free things. Yeah. And then I will build a list. Okay. And how do you, you use something to build a list, correct? Uh, yeah, I use a third party, uh, thing called Battlescribe, which is probably the most popular, uh, list building application. Is it free? It is free. Uh, you can pay for it and then you remove ads, but, uh, it is free to, to use. And that's an app and a website? It's an app and it is a website. Um, it's a third party app, so you have to find the game that you're looking to make a roster for because you can also use it for thing other games that aren't just uh, Warhammer. Okay. So we're going online, we're getting the free core rule set from Warhammer, and then we're going online and getting a free uh, account for Battlescribe. Yes? Yep. Okay, that's what we're doing. And then at that point, um, well... We probably shouldn't get too deep into how to build the list because I feel like that's a long conversation. The whole thing is a long conversation. <laughs> no, this this is not. This is short. So it's been it's been yeah, five yeah. minutes. No, no, <laughs> it's been five minutes. So uh, that's already a long time. Okay, so I've got my free materials and I'm going to the store. I'm going to spend thousands of dollars buying some models yeah. and paints and brushes and all of the things. Yeah. Um, and then I get home and I'm like, hey, Eric, I'm going to challenge you to a war. Yeah. A war hammer. And then what happens? We put our guys on the table where? Uh, well, that depends on the mission you're playing. So. Uh, and are there different missions in the core rule? Yes, book? there are. Okay. So do you choose that ahead of time? Yeah, you choose that ahead of time. And those are split up also based on the type of game you're playing. So with open play, things are a little loosey-goosey. Well, we're uh, not doing open play because I picked my points already. Okay, so for that, that would be um, either narrative play, which is where you go by power level, which is uh, sort of a broader, uh, more general way to uh, match up to an opponent. And narrative play is a way to like tell stories, so they're not super worried about balance as much as just telling a cool story. And then there's matched play where you do go by points. This is what they use in tournaments. It's the way to play the most balanced game possible because it's more granular in its, uh, in its way of balancing. Let's do matched play. Okay, so we do a matched play game and we both uh, equal uh, the same points. Let's say we're playing a game to 1750 points. Uh, so uh, we both write up army lists that would uh, get us um, either to 1750 or, or just below 1750. 1750, like 1,750 1, 1, okay. points. Yep. <laughs> um, and then we, uh, that's just an example. There, you can do any size, really, um, as long as it's agreed upon by the, all the players involved. Um, so then uh, you set your army up according to the mission that you chose. Um, and depending on the mission you do, the board will, uh, you also roll to see which deployment you get, meaning do you set up the long way, do you set up the short way? And you um, each roll? 
No, it, there's a series of, of roles uh, that the core rulebook will each each mission will will go through what you need to do. Okay, so you roll initially before you do anything, basically. Yeah. Okay, and then you set them up based on what you rolled. Yeah, you can randomize the mission, or you can choose it. So you can roll and get the, a mission randomized, um, and then you uh, can roll for uh, which deployment you get. And then the person who rolls for the deployment generally is the one who deploys the first unit. And then you take turns going back and forth and responding to each other's moves, uh, uh, responding to each other's deploys as you see fit. And that's um, when you roll and you're like, three to wound, four to kill. No. Uh, oh. You're, you're getting ahead of, of what, where we're at right now. We haven't, we haven't done we that at? yet. Where are we're we We're in at? the deployment phase. All right. Well, we're at nine minutes. Okay. So once uh, both armies are deployed, you roll to see who goes first. And whoever finished uh, deploying their army first gets to add one to their uh, roll. So they're at an advantage. And then um, whoever loses the roll gets a chance to seize the initiative. So they get to roll one more time. If they roll a six, they get to steal first turn from the other player. Ooh. Um, and that can be really devastating. Because, oh. because, well, for the other player, because um, if you set up your army thinking, oh, I've got first turn, and then the other person steals it, you could be out of position or you could be exposed in ways that you wouldn't have been. Um, so that can be really dangerous. Hmm. Uh and uh, you have to be careful. You have to take into account the fact that there's no guarantee that you'll go first. Um, okay. That's that's tactics. Okay. Uh, and then after the um, deployment phase is done and you've rolled to see who goes first, you start taking your turns. So the first uh, thing that you do, uh, depending on the type of game, you either pull uh, objective cards where uh, they are. these are the things you're trying to achieve, or if it's not that mission type, you you don't do that, and you skip to the movement phase is the first thing. That's like in um, that game that we played, uh, Munchkin. Yes, which there's also a 40k Munchkin coming, which is cool. Well, we can't get into that right now. That's... Oh, okay. That would be explained like I'm six. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the movement phase. <laughs> are we... That's a good one. The movement phase uh, is the next is the, the first phase of a turn, um, whereupon you move any units you'd like to move according to their, to their uh, movement characteristic on their data sheet. Um, a lot of times in the game, moving can uh, change the uh, ability of a unit. Uh, so moving can make it harder for them to uh, shoot if they have like a big heavy gun. Um, they're worse at shooting if they move. Or they can uh, move and advance where you sort of, they're like running um, instead of just walking forward. And when you do that, they um, oftentimes just can't shoot at all, depending on the gun they have. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you need to get somewhere more than you need to shoot something. So there's that. Then... Um, after you've done all your movement, then it goes into the psychic phase. So you, if you have any um, models that have psychic powers, uh, then you would unleash them during that phase. 
Uh, some of them are offensive. They just cause damage to the enemy. Some of them are made to buff your own models and make them better <clears throat> or more survivable. So, and so can both armies have a psychic person yes. on their team? Yeah, but not all armies have access to psychic things. Okay, um, so it just depends on the, the models you chose in the beginning. Yes. Okay, um, so, well, so it would be an advantage to have a psychic thing and yes, have the other team not, not have it. Yes, that's that's definitely, and that's something that I think Games Workshop tries to take into account when when balancing the game. Is oh, so they give the other team more points other, if they don't have it or something? Well, they don't give them more points, but armies that don't have psychers tend to have advantages in other ways. Psychers? Yeah, the, the term in 40k for a psychically uh, attuned individual is a psyker. Wow. Um, so. The more you know. Yeah. And uh, so... Well, we might want to take a break here. This, I guess, is going to be part one. Okay. Of our, of our, um, of our explain like I'm five segment. On yeah, Warhammer but we've already K. lost the attention of the five year old that we were explaining to. to. Well, it's hard when you don't have an army in front of you because they don't have anything shiny and fun to look at. <laughs> yeah, and when you're just in the car and you're going to work and you want to be dead. Exactly. So I guess we'll sign off. Press the button for entrance. Welcome. That's our Featuring friend, the, the parking computer. garage. Yeah. <laughs> Featuring the parking garage entrance uh, robot. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. This has been part one, probably of a part 35 series. Um, in the Explain Like M5 Warhammer 40k uh, basic rule explanation video. I mean, audio thing that we made. I'm sorry uh, that I took so long explaining, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I you just won't get it otherwise. So we'll try again another time. Okay. Or we'll continue this one and see what happens. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.